There was a there was a real commitment to those roles. Um, for myself, I gained 10 pounds just to resonate as fatty. <laughs> Had nothing to do with the constant holiday food, but um, but no, that was a lot of fun. So uh, I get the opportunity just to share a few things for a couple of minutes. And as I'm talking, I want you to think of uh, or just keep in your mind these these two words or these two concepts. The first one, promise, and the second one, choice. Um, and as you have those there, I want to give this illustration that all of us have been in. Some of us have been in it from the parent perspective. Some of us have been in it from the child perspective. And some of us have been in it from both perspectives. Um, as a father, uh, there are times when your son or your daughter come to you and they're frustrated. They are distraught. They are crying. They are just overcome with emotion. They are not at peace. Um, for me, just a couple of days ago, my daughter, she's three. Her shoes were too tight. Uh, they weren't even tied, but they were too tight, and she was hysterical. She was losing her mind that her shoes were too tight. And then you also have the other end of the spectrum, um, where some of us may have been in a situation that you've gone to a parent, or as a parent, your kids come to you with something that is so gut-wrenching, something that is so hard to even swallow, that uh, your son or daughter struggling with a broken relationship, hopelessness, addiction, something that just tears you up inside. And the fundamental thing, no matter what is brought to you, tight shoes or hopelessness, the first thing we do as a parent is we promise our kids peace. And we don't say it like that. We don't, I don't tell my daughter, hey, I promise you peace. Get those shoes loosened up here in a second. Right? It comes across as everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. If that's not the first thing we say, it's the second thing we say. But it's a central theme that we give to our kids because we want them to know that everything will be okay. And everyone in this room as a child of God, that is the same metaphor that when we take our stuff to God, we take our frustrations, we take our hopelessness, we take whatever it is, we take it to God and he promises us peace. He puts his arm around us and says, everything will be okay. And back to the illustration, there are times where you probably share that to your kids. You let them know everything will be okay and the tears stop and they say thank you or say thank you so much for listening. Yes, it is going to be okay. But there's probably also times where the response is, you don't understand, Dad. You don't get it. It's not going to be okay. And it's the same thing with us as we take our stuff to God. See, God promises us peace. He promises us peace. And we have a choice to accept that gift or not accept that gift. I know there's been a lot of times in my life where I doubted if it was going to be okay, but rest assured that God promises us that everything will be okay. In that thought of us choosing to accept the gift, there's also the thought of the actions and the decisions and the words that we do. Are, are we building into peace? Are we being a peacemaker? You see, peace is not just mentioned once or twice in the Bible. If you have a Bible that has a subject index in the back, go look up peace and just see how many verses there are. That we're promised peace, but we're also called to be peacemakers. Especially in this holiday season that gets a little hectic. You know, are we focused on ourselves? Are we focused on our job? Are we focused on something other than Christ? Because most likely if we are, we are not going to be a peacemaker. 
our agenda is pointing to us. But if we're focused on Christ and we're trying to be Christ-like, we will make the choice to be a peacemaker. One thing we do with our youth, we're starting to do every Sunday, is it's, it's a little thing called, what does the Bible say? And the whole purpose of that is for our youth to understand how impactful the Word of God is. Right? Speakers can be great, but sometimes just hearing the Scripture is what we need. And, and I want to lay out several things that, A, identify the promise that God has given us, that there is peace. No matter what is going on, doesn't guarantee it to be easy, doesn't guarantee it's going to be quick, but no matter what is going on, everything will be okay. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Deuteronomy 33.27 says, The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. John 16.33 says, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. See, God offers peace that nothing in this world can match. Not even a, a earthly parent can match what he says and the peace that he gives. And the second point of this, the choice, the choosing to be a peacemaker, choosing to reconcile relationships, choosing to go out of your way to bring peace into your life and others' lives. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord himself is the rock eternal. In Romans 12, 18 through 19, it says, If it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. See, we've been gifted something special. And we always talk about gifts in this season. And one gift that God has given us is the promise of peace. And it's ultimately our choice to accept that peace and to bring that into our heart and to have peace as we go out in the world. Thank you. Oh, love that song. Love that song. In John fourteen twenty seven, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This life doesn't really lend itself to peace and contentment, if you think about it. I mean, going to work sometimes and going to school and even at home, the struggles we face. Even the Christmas season can sometimes cause stress and, and worry, trying to get from right from place to place and all the things that we need to accomplish, all the things that we need to do, doesn't really lend itself to peace and contentment. But there is a secret to lasting peace. There's a secret, and I'm going to share it with you this morning. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, it says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. In 1555, Nicholas Ridley was burned at the stake because of his stand for Jesus Christ. Better be careful. Uh, because of his stand. <laughs> Light it up at Christmas. The pastor and the pants are on fire. Um, because of his stand for Jesus Christ. The night before he was going to be 
put to death. His brother came to him and said, let me let me spend uh, this night with you in your prison cell. His brother wanted to bring, you know, assurance and comfort, assistance and comfort to him. But it was amazing. Nicholas declined his offer and he replied to his brother that he meant to go to bed that night and have the most restful, peaceful sleep he had ever had in his entire life. That's what he said to his brother. No, no need. There's no need to spend any time with me because you'll be sitting up all night, but I will be laying down and having the most restful, peaceful sleep I've ever had in my entire life because he knew Nicholas knew the peace of God. And because he knew the peace of God, he could he could rest in his strength. He could rest in the ever loving arms of his Lord. And here's the thing. Honestly, so can we. So can we. We can rest in the loving arms of our Lord. We can rest in him because we know him as Lord and Savior. Matthew Henry wrote this. Peace is such a precious jewel that I would give up anything for it but truth. Peace is so precious that I would give up anything for it but truth. You know, it's funny because I talk about, and you, you, you know I weave it into all my sermons, this idea of peace and joy, finding peace and joy and contentment. I, I try to, every once in a while, like at least a couple times a month, weave it into a sermon somewhere or say it at some point and, and try to teach on that idea that having a relationship with Christ can bring peace and joy and contentment to our lives. But how easily do we forget, right? We so easily forget what we were taught. And I'm including myself in that. You know, we, we leave here, we go out there, and then things happen. The life happens, right? And we forget what the Word of God says. We forget the scriptures that Andy just read. We forget what Jen said. We forget what I'm saying even this morning when we leave here because there's so much that goes on around us that we, we sometimes just forget the truth of what God is offering to us. God tells us, that worry and, 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 and anxiety will rob us of our peace and destroy our lives. If we listen to what the world says and forget his word, it will destroy our lives. It will rob us of his peace. If we, for, if we listen to what the world says, if we get caught up in the, in the temporal, if you will, and we forget about the eternal and what God's word says to us, and tells us and promises us. You, you got to think. You got to you know think about this for a second. Nicholas Ridley slept soundly, knowing that he was about to face death that morning. He slept soundly, while most people allow the simplest worries to consume their lives. I heard the story of, uh, of a, a man who went face to face, if you will, with the danger of worry. Death was walking toward a city. And as Death was walking toward the city one morning, a man met him and he asked Death, well, what are, what are you going to do? What are your plans here? And Death said, well, I'm going to go into that city. I'm going to take a hundred people. And the man said, that's... That's horrible. That's awful. And Dad said, I don't know what to tell you. It's just what I do. Right? 
And so the man said, well, I got to do something. And so he ran ahead of death into the city. And, and as long as he, he ran around the entire day telling everyone what death had planned, what death's plan was for the city. And then death and the man met up again that evening. And the man said, what happened? What, what, what happened? You said that you were going to take a hundred people but a thousand people died. And death said, I, I kept my word. I kept my word. He said, well, I, I don't understand what happened. Death said, I only took a hundred like I said. Worry took the others. You think about that. I mean, how true is that? I only took a hundred. Worry took all of the, all the others. That is so true. Nicholas Ridley slept soundly knowing that death was awaiting him that next morning. But most of us worry ourselves to death. So many of us just worry ourselves to death with all the stress and all the things that are going on around us. And I want to share another story with you. This is a story from a war. This is a story of when the British and the French and the Germans were were in the trenches in World War I. And I want to read you the story. All was quiet that evening of Christmas Eve 1914 on the Western Front, which stretched from the Swiss Alps to to the English Channel. The trenches came within 50 miles of Paris. The Great War was only five months old, but already 800,000 young men had been killed or wounded. 800,000. Every soldier wondered if Christmas Day would bring another round of killings. But something happened. British soldiers raised Merry Christmas signs above their trenches and sang carols. They were answered by carols from the German side and little decorated Christmas trees which were lifted above the trenches so that the other side could see them. Then, even more remarkable, on Christmas morning, unarmed soldiers left their trenches. The officers on both sides tried to stop them, but they were unsuccessful. The soldiers met in the middle of no man's land for songs and conversation. They exchanged small gifts and sweets and cigars. They passed Christmas Day peacefully along the miles of front. At one spot, the British soldiers played soccer with the Germans who won three to two. Even the next day, the peace continued, each side unwilling to fire the first shot. Finally, fresh troops were brought in, and the war began again. Today, we hear again the message of the angel in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels and praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. You know, for a few days, for a few days, we'll try to, we'll try to forget, if you will, forget our grudges 
and will think kindly and maybe act kindly toward family and, and, and friends. And we'll try to let go, we'll just kind of let it go, let it go, right? We'll try to let go or forgive um, the offenses that other people um, cause us. We'll try to forgive those. We'll let, we'll let, that, we'll let that slide. We'll let that, that phrase go. We'll let that little dig go, you know, because it's, it's Christmas. Today, maybe we'll put away all those stressful thoughts because, you know, it's Christmas. We want to feel, we want to feel that all is calm and all is bright. But then we wonder, how long is that going to last? How long is, is that peace going to last? And the reality is, Christmas season peace doesn't last. But God's peace does. Christmas, Christmas season peace lasts for as long as the Christmas season-ish is around. But God's peace, God's peace lasts. The Father has given us His Son, Jesus. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the cool thing is, that's eternal. That is forever. That is forever. In this world and in the next, the Father has given us His Son, the Prince of Peace. I want you to bow your heads with me. I want you to bow your heads, but I want you to concentrate on what I'm, what I'm saying. I want, you, I want to ask you some questions. What is robbing you, think about this for yourself personally, what is robbing you of your peace? Are you being tested and maybe not trusting God? Are you going through a difficult time of maybe testing and you're, you're, you're just not trusting, you're not trusting God through this? Are you being attacked or something happening in your life or something happened then that you're giving that authority in your life? You're allowing that to rule your life. That what's going on around you is ruling your life. Are you filling your tank, if you will, your spiritual tank or your emotional tank with everything you can think of other than Christ? Maybe you're in a stressful situation right now and, and you're, you're struggling and, and man, you're coming up with all the answers. You're trying this, you're talking to this person, you're trying that, you're finagling this, you're trying to work that and everything. The only thing you're not doing is find the peace of Christ resting in your heart. You're not, maybe you're not praying at all, just trying to figure it out on your own. Are you filling your tank with everything that you can think of other than Christ? Maybe there's an, is, is there an area of sin in your life that you haven't surrendered? Maybe that's what's causing that struggle in your life. Is there an area of sin in your life that you have not surrendered to God? See, what I want to do is give you a chance this morning as we close out here. I want to give you a chance to answer those questions. What is robbing you of your peace? God's peace has been given to you like it was given to Nicholas Ridley. But you need to receive it. You need to receive it. You need to, you need to own that peace. Jesus doesn't just give you peace. He is peace. He is peace. I want you to reflect on that. Answer those questions. Write down maybe... 
If you have your family news bulletin inside, there's that little insert. You can rip that out and there's a place for prayer requests. And what I'd like you to do is to write down the answer to those questions. What is robbing you? What is that that is robbing you of your peace? I want you to write it down. And there's a manger up here in the front. I just want you to put it in the manger. Just write it on a piece of paper, write it on something or just come up and just if you don't have paper, it doesn't matter. Just come and lay your lay those emotional emotional burdens down at the cross. Give them to Jesus. And after you've put that in the manger or after you've come in your heart and just laid that aside and answered that question, what is robbing me of my peace? After you put that in the manger or laid that aside, I want you to light your candle. There are candles that are lit up here. I want you to come in and I want you to light your candle. Lay down your burden and replace it with his light, his peace. Don't leave here with that burden. Lay down your burden and replace it with his light. Replace it with his peace. His peace does not last during the Christmas season. His peace lasts throughout your life. Father, we need your peace. Not just during this season, but in every season of our lives. We need your peace. Help us, Lord God, this morning to lay down our burdens. Help us to replace the dark feelings of stress and worry with the light of your continual peace. Father, we know that your word tells us in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15 to let the peace of Christ rule, rule in our hearts. To rule, to have ownership, to have, to have power, to rule in our hearts. Since as members of one body, we were called to peace. And God, we will be thankful. My friends, this morning, if you seek him... You will find him. And finding Jesus means finding peace. As Jen sings this song, that has come from her heart, you can get up and come, lay that burden down, pick up that light, and replace it with that light. In Jesus' name. Pray with me, God. We just are so grateful to be here in your presence tonight, this morning. And we just ask that you would encourage each one of us, encourage our hearts to find your peace, God. To not think that whatever our issue is too big for you, God, that we would understand that you are our Father who wants to come and wrap your arms around us and say it's going to be okay. And we just find peace in that, God. And we understand that this is a difficult thing to really bring into our lives, God. But that's what we want. We seek that. We want to take that peace and that light that's replaced all of our worry and anxiety, God, and just take it with us out of this place this morning as we celebrate with our families. And thank you for bringing each person here this morning. And we love you so much. In your son's name we pray. Amen.